to Top 5's The Show of Everything, Top 5's, presented by The Sex Effects. I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And uh, today we are going to be talking infinitely um, <laughs> and, and warring with ourselves um, over this review of Marvel's The Avengers Infinity War. But before we get to all of the uh, wonderful, marvelous stuff we've got in store for you, Shawnee, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Uh, just, uh, recovering from the weekend, I guess. You had a birthday blowout weekend. Tis my birthday. I went karaoke and, uh, went to a couple bars after. So yeah, it was, it it was fun, dude. And, um, kind of like, uh, crazy that like Infinity War came out (laughs) the weekend of my birthday. So that was super cool. I was like super excited for the movie and it it made, it made the whole weekend more, more, uh, amped and marvelous. More marvelous, yes. Yeah, very good. But uh, <laughs> other than that, doing okay, man. Um, Joe, how are you doing this week? Doing all right, man. It's Monday. It feels like Monday. Um, but, you know, there's always a silver lining to Mondays because we did the show. And okay. um, so no matter how shitty a Monday is, um, we've, we've got this to look forward to always. So I'm rocking and rolling, my friend. I'm excited to talk about this movie and uh, get to our, our one shared list this evening. Yes. Um, so, I mean, without, without further ado, um, should we just jump right into this movie? Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler warning to to, right now? So, oh, yeah. Good call. Good call. Huge spoiler warning, folks. Um, if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, turn off the podcast. If I mean, <laughs> if anyone is listening to the podcast. We have an imaginary audience. So I don't know who's <laughs> actually listening, but... Um, if you are and you haven't seen it, watch it and then and then listen to this because um, we're gonna give it to you real. Yes, we're gonna we're not pulling punches. This movie is not perfect, but it is <laughs> damn good. Um, so Shawnee, I guess um, what what are your initial thoughts, reactions, feelings, um, and then we can kind of go and break down the plot and things we liked, things we didn't like. Okay. Cool. Um, well, beforehand, actually, if you guys haven't listened to it, uh, Joey has a reaction uh, episode, and as well as myself, we both did our reactions uh, right after seeing the movie, and um, it's kind of cool because now going into this, we get to finally discuss the <laughs> all the details. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I really, really like this film. It was... Uh, I mean, just thinking about leading up to this film and all the movies and just all the, the we're, we're so, inv- I, you know, if you're not a MCU fan yet or whatever, and haven't seen any other films, definitely watch them. But, um, a lot of people have been really invested in this, in this kind of, uh, last 10 years. So it's insane to think like they're, you know, they've created this movie where, you know, all these characters come together and, you know, work together in some way or form. And uh, and then of course the villain uh, Thanos 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 I don't know <laughs> Mr T <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, I don't know like it's it's definitely uh, you know we've been now I feel like this villain that we've gotten with Thanos um, it has been you know definitely one of the most complex and uh, probably one of the the kind of the biggest villains like in size and just like in character that we've seen. Yeah. And, and that was the one that was actually my one 
um, kind of like expectation slash thing that I was like, oh, if they, if they can't nail this Thanos thing, then the whole movie's going to fall apart. Um, hate, true. Hate to bash it on, on, the, on uh, DC, but like Justice League, I thought. Why? Steppenwolf. They deserve it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a very strong uh, villain. So it's like, you know, now taking this character where you, they, they do give you this kind of um, this leveraging and, and this kind of duality with the character. And um, it's perfect, dude, with, uh, you know, him being from his planet Titan and seeing his whole world die and, you know, seeing the warnings. And then now his whole philosophy is, is pretty much, you know, survivalists and making way for, you know, we got to cut the population down and, you know, that's how, you know, the world works and, you know, how everything will be equal and in some way or form. So it, it's kind of a crazy uh, and, and a pretty dense concept to like to stick onto a character and to really try to flesh that out. So, um, yeah, overall, dude, I'm, I'm already talking about Thanos because I think he was the, the big standout for this one. But of course, seeing all the original Avengers or most of the original Avengers, um, and just seeing those characters um, that we haven't seen before interact with each other, um, the pacing of the film, you know, it, it, for a two and a half hour film, I was engaged all the way through. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what can I say, dude? I, I freaking enjoyed it. I really want to see it again. And uh, I'm just like, it's been a couple days. So I'm like thinking, I'm like trying to replay certain parts of the movie that really like stuck out to me. But Joe, what are your like right overall thoughts of Infinity War? I, I listened to your reaction, so I, I have an idea. I can't even remember what I said during <laughs> my reaction. Uh, it was such a uh, an exhausting experience, but not a bad one. Um, I, I really enjoyed the movie from from the from the word go, um, up until the ending. The ending, I think. If it didn't have that ending, I'd probably give this movie a four, four and a half out of five. But yeah. because of the ending, I give it a three, three and a half. Um, a couple things they didn't give us. Like, I, I wanted to see all the heroes, all of them, teamed up at once in one location, in one shot. Um, I know that's a big ask because of how many actors and everything. But And we, we might get that in the next movie, or we might not because we don't know. Um, but... Um, I'm trying to think. So pros for me, yeah, Thanos was was excellent. Josh Brolin brought it. You know, the the <laughs> he brought it and the amount of money they must have spent to make him look, you know, physically kind of there. You know, it's still CG, but it's it's you can good kind enough of that, yeah. It's almost like you could still see his even though it's a different face, like you can still see his features and that's like the motion capture and that kind of technology. Yeah really working to very to really convey like what he's you know he's he's an actor and like being able to translate that that's crazy exactly. like, technology is there now and i it's it's i'd say it's just as good if not better than what we got in the the first avatar movie you know they they kind of did away with the uncanny valley and i feel like um they got very close this time around um so that was good um the spoilers here um so we 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 open with the destruction of of half of asgard um basically you know ragnarok was was the last movie before this one and almost immediately thor's victory is just cut in half and it's it's a really dark way to open the movie and 
it gave me the same sense of anxiety and dread I feel when I watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Ooh. So I had, I had that feeling and tone um, in the pit of my stomach the whole time I was watching this movie because every anyone could be off the table. It could be Loki. It could be uh, Heimdall or whatever the yeah. hell you call it. You don't know what to expect. Um, like the very first scene. What's going to happen in the very first scene? Yeah. What's going on? And that, that death, Loki's death, seems fairly permanent. But um, so from that moment on, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, and I thought Gamora's death was probably the high point of the movie. Yes. Um, it rocked me. It rocked me to my core. It was a, <sighs> we got we got tears from Thanos, moment, but dude. it was like you could see it like going back to the like the fate, you know, the facial expressions. Like you could see it like he like loved Gamora, dude. Like as yeah, in some way or form, you know, as far as like. You know, he really had to love her to to really get the the exchange, right? Oh, actually, to but how? Oh, I guess I'd say to fucking top that scene though, dude, was seeing Red Skull just randomly pop out of nowhere. Fuck that! <laughs> I, I heard like some dude in the when I was at the in the theater, I heard some dude go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, just <laughs> Red Skull? What? But I don't know. How dumb was Gamora to like taunt him? It's like, as soon as she started doing that, I was like, bitch, you're dead. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, you've lost, you've lost, you've lost. No, he's going to grab you and he's going to throw you over. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Um, So we get that. And if they, if they reverse that death, that's going to feel very cheap. I don't like the idea of Gamora being dead, but if they bring her back to life, that's going to feel very, very cheap. And this is, so here's, here are my cons. For this movie. Okay. You ready for this? Um, I think if it wasn't CGI, it was really cheap looking. Like, Tony Stark's outfit, the the reactor on his chest now just looks... It doesn't even look like it's in him. It just looks like it's a piece of plastic sitting on top of his fucking chest. Um, Taped onto his chest. All the design elements were very, like, 2002. He's wearing fucking camo, which... I get it. The suit comes out of the camo. Ah, oh, great joke. But like, <laughs> it looked terrible. Um, but I mean, again, Tony, the upper half of his suit, um, Black Panther's suit, uh, it all looked very, very cheap, mm-hmm. um, which was a bummer to me because it, it was kind of like, oh, we'll go back and CGI it later. It's just a reference point. But for the shots where it's kept, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and. I've got a couple more. Thor's side quest was something out of a fucking video game that could have been chopped in half. I know, um, dude. Peter Dinklage. I love Peter Dinklage. What the fuck was he doing with his voice? <laughs> I thought he was he was good in in the first scene that he was in, but every time after that, after he'd like, it's like his voice know, like progressively got deeper and it deeper. Was terrible. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, and speaking of voices, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch's accent. Completely gone. I, she Holly Berry. I just it. noticed that, like, I was, uh, I was listening to a, uh, um, a reaction video actually, and I was like, "Holy crap, you're right!" Like, yeah, I couldn't hear it. Um, it was. I was like, I, I noticed it early on, and then I was like, perked up every time she talked. Um, but yeah, and then the last thing is the is the ending. Um, if if they had done that same ending but cleared the board of Tony Stark, Captain America, Thor, Scarlett Johansson. Like then 
you would have me going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, yeah. fuck. I can't wait a year. I can't wait a year. What are they going to do? Those Avengers are dead. <laughs> what? But, but even in the theater, even as I heard people sobbing loudly as Peter Parker started to vanish, it was like, no, motherfucker, he's got a sequel yeah. coming out next year. Like, it, chill out. It is, it is kind of crazy, right? Because um, that was one of my negatives, even though that was probably one of the, um, I'm sure the scene with like, Peter Parker as a, you know, that was such an emotional scene. Like, yeah, he sold it like right there. And then like, he freaking like, it'd be so sad. This, this kid is like, who's, you know, just joined the Avengers is just like becoming the hero or whatever. But you know, like he finally fades away. Um, but I thought, I thought that was the biggest flaw of the movie. Um, was yeah, that because choice? Cause I, I was shocked at first, like at the initial shock, like, holy shit, like where the hell are they? Like, are they, I'm sure, you know, are they like really dead? Like, oh yeah, but Spider-Man, like he can come, he's coming back, right? Or Guardians, like, yeah, they're having another one. So like it, the stakes didn't like it. Yeah, it wasn't as high. Like, um, and my, I have, yeah. I have a couple theories on that uh, and where maybe that story might go, but I, I do agree with you. There were some points actually where I got, I got psyched um, um, when, uh, or not psyched, but I got tricked into thinking that like, say someone like Tony Stark was going to die when he got stabbed, like halfway through the movie. Yeah. And then yeah. we're, we're going to be like, Oh man, we're going to do one of those, like, you know, uh, like kill Snoke in the middle of the movie kind of moments. And then like, you know, we got to just see how the rest <laughs> but of the he movie didn't get to reunite with Cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, yeah, dude, I, I agree with you on that one. There's, um, you know, I have kind of the same pros and cons, like, you know, the, the, uh, interactions of characters was great and just the, yeah. um, just, uh, com- you know, pretty, uh, complex character, I mean, and villain. Um, but some of the, the kind of negatives are, you know, like, well, we know they're making another Avengers four, you know, you, I guess it's up to us now to theorize like how they're going to somewhat come back. Um, which, uh, I have a theory that they're, <clears throat> they're not dead at all. I guess they're just stored in the soul gem or they're in this different kind of world or whatever. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I thought, yeah, maybe a different dimension or universe yeah, or something. But it does like, that, uh, but that but, idea is still like for me, cheapens like the idea of like, ah, like yeah. they're not dead. And that's the, that's the one thing like f- I feel like MCU has definitely, they're nailing it with the villains. I thought that was one of their weakest points for the past films. Um, but still through and through, they always have, um, this kind of like with the third acts and, and then of course, you know, killing off characters that, um, we think are dead. They never Nick, actually kill them off. Nick Fury. Yeah. Like, oh man, like, yeah, dude, if you take away Nick Fury, like that's going to like, he's, he started, he helped start the whole Avengers, man. He put that shit together. Like him, Tony, like, uh, even Captain America, like those characters we've invested so much time in the, I know death in like a movie or whatnot is, is very, uh, impactful towards the rest of the story and how the, you know, the characters are going to move on. Um, but you know, there's also this kind of symbolism that can go you know, along with it. And that's what I, ex- I was expecting. And, uh, and then captain dude, I've, I thought captain America was going to get some, some crazy screen time in this one. I think I felt like he was barely in it. <laughs> he, yeah. He got kind of the short shrift. Um, I mean, kind of everybody except Thanos gets, yeah, gets kind of the short, but, um, it's, it's tough to say. I will say I think probably the best moment, though, any hero gets is when Thor comes down and throws the axe right into Thanos's chest. Dude, so awesome! And then, and then after Thanos snaps his fingers, 
what does Thor say? He's like, what did you do? Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I really loved that. Do? What did you do? Um, yeah. I, as as really weird of a side quest that, that story was, like, it's cool because, you know, I mean, seeing Thor Ragnarok and, like, Thor's kind of journey now and, like, where he's at. Um, and, now, you know, even the beginning of the film, like, you know, he just, like, fought a whole movie to, like, save his his people and like half of them are gone. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's just like, it's, it's, he's been through a lot. We've, you know, we've been there from the beginning, you know, as far as him being an Avenger and then the four, four films and whatnot. So it's, uh, his moments are always, I always feel like I, I enjoy the moments that Chris Hemsworth is playing Thor on screen because you know, he's going to bring it and he's, he's godlike dude. He just got this whole, you know, he just went through this whole journey just to get this, um, you know, this weapon. And I like the little touch with Groot, um, like being the yeah, handle and everything. Cool. That was really cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like some create, like some standout moments, like, uh, well, it's hard because the whole movie is climax. The whole very true. movie very is, true, dude. is, so it's hard to pick and choose like, Oh, this, this dude. moment was huge because all the moments are fucking huge. I mean, I could think Thanos and Hulk kind of like wrestling it out a little bit. That was cool. Um, another con I had Hulk was too scared to come back. I know. So, you know what? I think they're, I think they're saving their, their, uh, their load, I guess they're, sa- <laughs> they're saving. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think they're saving the original Avengers. And that's, you know, it's funny cause when they killed them off at the end, like, uh, it's, it's mostly the core Avenger team. So it's like, is there a coincidence here? Like, um, yeah. So I, I, Along with what Rhodey and, uh, uh, Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, rocket, rocket, Raccoon. rocket. Yeah. So I'm, I'd be stoked to see like that. That'd be cool. If they break for Avengers four, at least like, Hey man, we'll get the core team. See where that story goes. But, uh, but I don't even just want the core. I want all of this. I know. Dudes. I know, dude. I know. And I mean, what if we get, I see that's, that's a big if, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect anymore in these films, man. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm starting, I'm trying to think of like, there's like, mostly it's Gamora, um, Thanos, Dr. Strange, and who's the other character? Um, like those three come to mind as far as like the forefront characters, I think for the movie. So, um, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, that scene, you know, between, uh, Gamora and Thanos and the soul, uh, soul stone exchange and how that was like, I would, I agree with you with the peak of the movie as far as, you know, that, that was the turning point. Like this, you, now, you know, this guy is true evil. Like he's willing yeah. to give up something, you know, someone he loves. Um, some moments, even Doctor Strange. I gotta say, he's become quite a magic master. And um, aside from the yeah, che- he, the cheesy magic jokes, <laughs> um, he's been re- he had much more agency in this. Yeah, yeah, than he did even in his own movie. And I had an expectation that he might use the time stone to like do a couple rewind moments, but he went f- like they w- they put it as a plot device even further, like him. Um, doing like, uh, like, what was it? Like, in, I don't know, infinite amount of combinations of what the situation be like played out in these different timelines. Um, and then there's, you know, there's one, uh, timeline that they win. And then that leads to him giving up the stone later, which I think is connected to that experience he had. So it was, it was kind of cool to see that, like, he's the one in on it. And he, he says like, this is the end game. Like, this is like, he, he knows the outcome of this whole situation. 
which sucks because that leaves all yeah. of us in the dust because <laughs> we will all, we'll spend the next freaking year theorizing what the hell's going to happen in the next movie. Do you ever think about like fans who like, you know, however many of us could be me, could be you, yeah. but there's going to be some of us who like want to know so badly. We're going to obsess over it. And some of us may die before this movie comes out. I know it's very morbid, but do you ever like think about that and then feel just intense sorrow for whoever that is? I do. Well, yeah. It's like, man, they'll never know. They'll never know the the answer to this. And is that weird? No, I think is that too. No, is that know, too it's, dark? It's for also our show? it's also broad. It's also bigger than that too. Like you know, movies and of course, you know, life and the you know, the uh, the next steps in life. I guess. So. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had to bring it there, you know. <laughs> I just had to bring, I just bring it there. It's all good, dude. Um, freaking Wakanda was kind of interesting too. Uh, they got short shrift as well. There wasn't enough Wakanda. Yeah, dude. I noticed they they took out the um, you know the promotional shot of like in the trailers where they're like running with and this Hulk and Hulk's in there. Yeah, it wasn't in yeah. there. And I, nope. I had expectation that Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner would be in the, in the, in the Hulkbuster suit, but I thought it was gonna be like Hulk in there. And then, and then he cool. would, you know, bust out and like Hulk out or whatever. But I know they're saving that one. I, I think that's, yeah, it's almost like it sucks. Cause it's like the movie was such a great experience and you know, it's definitely a thrill ride. Like every, you're always on the edge of your seat. Um, and it's, it's like a third act. It's just like so much going on. Um, I didn't have too many, too much trouble like following the different storylines. I think it just got tough when uh, I, I felt like actually the the movie like flew by. I th- I didn't re- like I guess and that's oh a, I, yeah I agree and that's I guess a good thing on the on the as far as the story's pacing and kind of like how they edit you know put the whole edit together and the final product of the movie. But um, by the time I got to the ending, I think that's what I was trying to get at is like um, it was definitely unexpected and. I thought there would be more and I, you know, that's why I was like, Oh man, Wakanda, like it would have been cool to spend more time there. But at the same time, like I know what they're, you know, that's what they're, that's probably the, one of the hardest things to do about probably, you know, how the Rooster brothers and everyone came together, the writers for this, you know, that's such a difficult task to, I mean, you're, you're, th- you're talking about 10 years of these characters and who are you going to, you know, who are you going to pair up together? What's their mission? What's where that were each of these characters at in this, part of the story are new characters that we've met over the last couple of years or characters that have been from the very beginning, like Iron Man. And, and I, I've just got this feeling like Tony Stark's going to finish it off. And if, if they will finally go there and kill off more, one of our main heroes, um, cause I do, I do believe that, you know, Loki and those guys are, are, are dead unless there's some crazy reversal thing that happens and then no one's dead at the end. But, and that's the thing. If you can reverse some of it, you can reverse all of it. And then it all becomes the stakes weren't really stakes at all. And that's the part that bums me out. Um, however, you did bring up an interesting point who, or yeah, who were your favorite pairings of characters in this? Oh man. I, I really liked, uh, Thor and rocket. They were pretty funny. Yeah. I was rabbit. Yeah, and I was I was kind of like the only I guess the only negative on that one was that that eye he gave him. Like I know that was from like that was the stupid, movie, but I was yeah. like, oh shit! I was kind of digging like Thor with the like pirate Thor idea, and I was like, I know they're throwing like a bunch of shade and jokes at him about the the eye patch, but I was like, dude, this is this is like it's a different look, and yeah, and, and it's it's you know it's definitely 
it's coming coming from uh, Thor Ragnarok, like you know, it's that transitional period. Um, but but also like the way he just popped it into his socket and now he's got an eye, like <laughs> shit like that. It's, things were things were either overly complicated or way too easy and comic booky. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so they're gonna find a better. Balance, balance of that, yeah, and that's what I that's what, that's what I hope for for the next you know for Avengers four and then you know whatever the twenty next you know twenty uh, films you know after that is going to be like so um but uh, pairings I'm trying to think of pairings uh, Rocket yeah Rocket and um, Thor and I guess Groot if you want to put him in there um, mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, who else. Uh, Spider-Man, I was digging Spider-Man and Tony a little bit, you know, like Spider-Man, Tony, and I guess Doctor yeah. Strange a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, again, it's just like, oh, man, I wish they had more time with, you know, if we had more time to be like, you know, Peter Parker being like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, I'm scared. Like, almost, I know, you know, he, he that um, that human side of like, all the characters I would say too, like, you know, like I know they faced a lot and now Spider-Man's coming on board. Stakes are really high. And Iron Man even warns him in the movies like, yo man, do you know what you're getting into? And, um, you know, I wish I had more moments where it's like that realization of certain things, you know, I guess the characters yeah. reactions to some of those pairings or whatnot. So, um, but this is a straight, I'm straight and too negative, but you know, like, you know, there's some things that, you know, of course we build up these expectations of the movie and, you know, we, we get, we get what we get, what we get from the movie. And, um, you know, it's, that's all we hope for. But, you know, as far as a, a balanced movie, I, I was really digging some of the other pairings. Um, and I'm trying to think, I, <sighs> I wish we'd gotten more interesting pairings you know they all felt a little safe yeah yeah and that's probably why i liked thor and rocket the most because it was the most unexpected i think yeah and the at the same time i feel like their personalities are kind of in a similar in a similar way too i was like okay like you know they're kind of like smart asses and you know they're yeah. but they're like they're way smarter than what they like they try to like play themselves off as kind of um, yeah but i still can't stand star lord i can't fucking stand Chris Pratt now that he's handsome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh, like, and that, and that was interesting that they, they still involved his kind of, you know, his connection to Gamora and his kind of love for her. And, um, and I was like, Oh man, he's being like super hot headed, but that's like supposed to be his character. And you know, that moment where they, they kind of screwed up their chances of taking the gauntlet from Thanos and, um, which I have another thing. I was like, dude, just fucking chop his hand off or something. <laughs> Right. Um, unless he can snap his fingers while he's, uh, his half his <laughs> arm is off. But, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was just thinking of like some of those other characters, but man, I'm straying too far away from that. Um, I'm thinking also of the villains. Like I, uh, I'm trying to remember the, like Eb Ebony Mar, his name is, or it's the guy who was paired with Dr. Strange, the villain character. Oh, 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 uh, I'm trying, oh, I'm trying to, I think it's mom. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it was Voldemort. Yeah. Vol Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Fish Voldemort. Definitely, definitely the henchmen, henchwomen, like kind of like characters. I think the only character that was more intriguing out of all of them, um, who kind of had the kind of brains and, and, you know, a, a 
a concept of like like magic and stuff is is that his name is Ma. I can't say his name. But, um, yeah. yeah, his character was interesting because it also gave Doctor Strange, who I felt like he was like, he like knew what's up like from the beginning. He was just like, yeah, there's a threat. Thanos, like, we gotta get, we gotta take care of this stuff right now. And, um, so I was, I was digging like the villain kind of like, he got like kind of a person to, to go against in the movie. And then they were doing all these like crazy magic portal battles and stuff. I, I thought that was really cool. Like how they, they added those. Yeah. And then of course you got like Wong's character and you know, him being a protector of the sanctum while Dr. Strange is gone. It's, it's cool. They've kind of kept him in this, in the, in the movie. And that obviously, you know, affects the, um, the, um, the, you know, the sanctum and the, and the, you know, the portals that they have there. Cause they're yeah. the first uh, defense, right? You know, that's pretty much how they set it up. So, and then, um, last pairing, I guess, Ah, I mean, if you're going to still do kind of, I mean, I would say Gamora and Thanos, dude. I, I know it's the it's the main one, yeah. I think, that it, it weaves the whole story. I mean, it's really, you know, it's really, the whole, the whole story hinges on, like, their relationship and, um, you know, kind of his perspective on things versus hers and how they, how they intertwined. And um, you learn something about Gamora, you learn something about Thanos. So it's... Uh, it's this kind of like weird poetic kind of thing, you know, when it hits that peak in the middle. So, yeah, I, there's a lot to, uh, I came and I'm like, I saw this movie like three that. days ago and I'm, you know, I'm still thinking about it. Definitely want to go for another viewing. And I would have yeah. to agree with you on the, on the scale of uh, top fives. I think I'm leaning more like 3.54 right now. Yeah. Um, just because of like now thinking about it, it's just like, man, I need those stakes to be higher. And like, you know, I'm stoked for Avengers four. Um, Captain Marvel is going to kind of bridge us in between there. So, you know, right. I'm ex- you know excited to see where that goes at the same time, man, I want to see some here. I want to hear see some deaths, dude. So like we can move, yeah, move forward. We're not morbid. It's just, it's time. It's time. It's and you know it also it changes. You know I know they're going to change the lineup of the Avengers, and you know it's just the the death of one of those heroes or whoever else. You know it will change the way people. You know all the characters are thinking and how they react. You know from now on, it's definitely going to change certain things in the story and how they move forward. Um, so as, as sad as it is to say, like um, it definitely does. It's a game changer. It definitely changes you know how how it's going to play out so um yeah. joe is there any other kind of things you want to touch on with infinity war uh it's a mixed bag right it's definitely you know it is it's it a big is. film so and we have a lot of expectations for it and you know there's it's amazing still to think of like how they can fit all this into a two and a half hour film and you know and even though the the ending i think is very cheap um you got to go for for the ride you know, like it's you won't have another cinematic experience quite like this until the the fourth one, right? Because they do count on ten years of of backstory and knowledge and connection to these characters for you to feel moments within this one movie. Um, it's very unique. Um, again, it, it reminds me of a lot of Game of Thrones. Um, having said that, I really think they. They did the opposite of what they should have done in terms of the ending. Um, but 
they're very smart people. I'm sure they know what they're doing. So, you know, and, and it's hard to look at this as, as a whole piece because it's clearly just the first half. So yeah. I'm really excited for the fourth one. I wish it was coming out tomorrow, <laughs> um, but we'll see it when it comes out next year. And, and then we'll, we'll know, I think we'll be able to better judge this particular movie um, in relation to the next one. Dope. How about you? I, I, I agree with you, man. I definitely agree. Like yeah. I wish uh, Avengers four was out tomorrow and we got, we got to wait another year to see where these characters go. But I do trust in, you know, Marvel studios and Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers. And, you know, I'm excited to, you know, see the rest of the story play out. And, you know, if they give me more cap and more Iron Man and, you know, conclude the story and, and really transition some of these characters to where they're going to be later on in the, in the series, you know, I'll be happy with that. And again, it's just, you know, amazing to go to the movie theaters and watch a movie of the scale and, you know, think like, man, in, in, was it 2008, you know, it's, you know, Iron Man came out and then we got that cutscene, you know, with uh, Nick Fury and the Avengers initiative. And then, thinking about the first Avengers movie when that came out and how everyone lost their shit about that. And yeah, it, it's amazing to think of like yeah. how far it has come within just 10 years. And you know, 10 years is, is not that long of a, you know, it's only 10 years, man, no. you know? So it, I'm excited to see what, where they will go there. And it looks more cosmic in the futures as far as Marvel studios and their films. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to kind of see where that goes because uh, you know it's definitely been grounded a lot with like you know Earth and its conflicts. So um, there's a lot of story out there to tell and you know finding a way to ad- adapt it to film and and introduce us to different characters. Um, that's uh, that's the hard part, you know. So that is that is. But uh, I. Uh... Joe, I have a rant. It's going to be crazy. I have a random question. So uh, just to kind of top it off, I know we're kind of concluding a little bit, but um, out of all the uh, Infinity Stones, because uh, we got to see um, all those stones kind of collected throughout the uh, the um, the movie, and I guess in, you know previously too as well, and you got to see them scattered in some, some of the films. Um, there are five stones, right? Right? I think. Five or six. Five or six. I won't do top five, but if you're going to choose one of the stones, which stone would you choose? Hmm. Well, um, let's see. How many infinity stones are there? I got to say the, um, the one um, that I'm not going to pick, but I'm going to mention is the that reality stone, mm. which I thought was very interesting. Um where he would like bend and, you know, give you like illusions and show you certain things and bend people into weird yeah, that, shapes and sizes. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten about that. I'm going to, I'm going to go with that as my favorite oh, just yeah. because of, of the way that they, um, like when he cut, um, Drax and, uh, Mantis. Oh yeah. Down, you know, That's and they kind so of like, weird. um, they kind of, uh, I don't know, looked like spools of paper or, and stuff like that. And when he shot the gun, it was all bubbles. And I thought that was very inventive and 
very uh, I could see that playing out in a comic book page. Yeah, and it's not something I would expect to see on a movie very true. of this size or anything. It was kind of playful. Um, also, kind of reminded me of Aladdin's genie world. If you ever played the Super yeah. Nintendo Aladdin game, oh man, good call. Um, so I liked that. I liked that a lot. Um, so that'll be my favorite. What, was, what would yours be? Um, man, now you've kind of sold me on it. Now, actually, there we go. <laughs> that, I, I think that's the one I remember the most because, like, that's they used it a lot. Actually, I, I, they used it for those scenes with um, you know um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then. There was, I think there was a scene. I'm trying to remember the movie now. Shoot, um, there's a scene I think where uh, Thanos is showing his home world, and so that, you know that was a good opportunity for them to kind of like explain, like, yeah, my my whole world was like pretty much destroyed because I, you know, I had all the warning signs, but no one listened to me. So um, that was cool. And then that scene, which I was kind of like caught off. I was like, obviously it catches you off guard, but the scene where they go to the collector. And it turns out he's not there and he's been, he already got to the stone and that kind of shows you like how powerful that stone is right there. And then like this whole time you were convinced, like, you know, this was happening. Yeah. So, um, but I, th- I don't know. I, I always lean towards the time stone cause I was digging it in Dr. Strange and, um, it is probably one of the most deadly of the stones I feel cause time can always be, a, you know, a weapon against someone. Um, and then, you know, how Thanos, like, was able to get the, uh, the mine, is it the mind stone or mind gem? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, uh, Vision. And so Vision. he was able to do that by rewinding the time and taking that from him and, uh, almost like playing with Vision in some way or form. Like, he almost outsmarted him in that way. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And then just the moments where, uh, you know, Doctor Strange pretty much, had has the outcome of the how the whole thing's gonna go and he, he used that that power to do that um you know to to achieve that so um it's very powerful so uh, i don't know so, something about time time traveling time. and then that's that's how i thought the movie was gonna go i thought he was gonna like they were gonna like travel back in time or something and like fix something super like back to the future-esque and I'd be super down with that. Cause I'll, I was like, you know what? It's a comic book movie. Like, yeah, let's go for a time travel movie or whatever. But it, um, it was interesting to get that, that kind of thing now where it's like, he used time to, f- to figure out the outcome of like how it's going to go, which is crazy. Cause that he knows like everything that's going to happen, uh, including, you know, su- some deaths and whatnot. So, um, yeah, yeah. that's the- fantastic. Fantastical. Well, I think we've covered um, all our bases with this movie. I mean, shit, there's so much being written and talked about. People are probably sick of hearing about Infinity War at this point, but we had to get ours out, and uh, and now we have. Yeah. I'm glad we did. Heck yeah. Um, Looking forward to seeing this movie again. Yes. So so we did a... uh, That was our review of Infinity War. Um, We're going to do that instead of top fives this week but we do have one top five for you and it's our weekly top five um we started at uh the beatles first record several weeks back and now we are at revolver so we went from please please me with the beatles hard day's night beatles for sale help rubber soul and now we are at their seventh album revolver um this is clearly when when the drugs were 
Warp in the Minds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, stu- the studio work was getting a lot more inventive. Um, this was like hardcore studio Beatles. Um, and where Rubber Soul was kind of the, the shift from pop, pop rock to something different, this is the hard left. Um, so, Shawnee, what are your top five favorite songs off of Beatles Revolver? Revolver. I do have an original uh, revolver from my dad. Uh, nice. So I put that on and, and listened. And um, it's it's probably one of my favorite Beatles, Beatles records because of that kind of like, it really is a drastic change in like their sound and um, and they're trying kind of different things. And, and now from a, like an audio, a sound engineer's perspective too, it's like the techniques that you're, they're using for some of the music production um, is, is so, uh, inventive and, and so different for its time. So, um, yeah, dude. So here are my top fives for revolver. Um, I've got number five, I'm only sleeping. Nice. Um, I was looking up, Great song. It's, it's freaking interesting. Cause it's, it's got this like hypnotizing, you know, I feel like some of the, a lot of the, 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 um, instrumental music on this, in this record is, is very like, trancey and hypnotizing and i'm trying to remember this i think it's like about like meditating or something or it, he's just it's just john lennon being tired and yeah wanting people to leave him alone <laughs> <sleep>. <laughs> that, that that too yeah just sleeping yeah yeah but um it's uh it's you can definitely tell the i would say the lsd influences on this track and you know some of the other ones too on the record um, Come on, Davey, why don't you try it? LSD. Like we do, because we are the Beatles. <laughs> La Surgic. <laughs> Think you might enjoy it. <laughs> Trippy bad trip. <laughs> um, Trippy machete. <laughs> Walk hard, every guy, everyone. <laughs> Walk hard. Walk hard. Um, excuse me. Um, excuse me. Oh, gosh. Um, but I'm Only Sleeping is just this just kind of trippy song and yeah it's just kind of like you just got to dive into the song and and listen and and uh you know hopefully don't fall asleep (laughs) during listening to it well and the song kind of dives right in like it starts somewhat abruptly like full music full lyrics just boom you're in the song yes which is nice and that's that's also that's a you know obviously another kind of you know structural or and and comp, you know composition technique you know having the whole band you know you sometimes traditionally it's you know you build each part up and and whatnot so um definitely some new things we're hearing on this one um oh yeah so that's number five i got number four um i want to tell you oh yeah very nice and this one i'm tr- the what always stuck out to me on the song is like i think it's the there's just like this strange, they call it dissonant. Like it's, it's like very, um, kind of like a minor tone that's happening like within the, uh, what's it called within like, I think it's the verses and the piano is playing and it's playing this like off, uh, like offbeat kind of, um, note. And it really, it really like messes with your, cause it's just going back and forth from this, this kind of like, you know, um, kind of diminished note. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of, yeah, it's crazy dude. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a interesting song again. Uh, you know, just really diving more into the lyrics and, and the kind of feel for what they were, you know, trying to come across. Um, 
that's the that's the one thing that always sticks out though is that that, that weird like dissonant line. So um, yeah, that's number four for me. And Very nice. I've got number three. I think I switched these. I've got tomorrow never knows. Ooh. It's uh, very nice. Kind of like what is it, like a sitar kind of sound. Um, I'm trying to remember the yeah the. Isn't it like just one chord? Yeah, yeah. There's um, definitely some other instruments on this uh, on this uh, track, and it. I'm trying to think what it reminds me. It, it the drums are pretty great. Drums are really cool. It's definitely very reminiscent of um, like that that '60s like uh acid trip like drum sound like a lot of like fills mm. do, 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 do. like every couple of bars it's just like a fill and then it's very kind of loose and open and um it's not really that kind of pop sensibility where you know it's just a straight kind of you know um you know uh straight beat where you know you can hear all the hits and all the counts so um, it's definitely, it definitely, I feel like this song really encompasses kind of that time to, you know, it, it you kind of um, tag this song to the 60s sound and like in the late, you know, late 60s and, you know, kind of the hippie movements and, you know, f- peace and love and, um, and it's just peace and love, peace, peace and love, <laughs> peace and love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Thank you, Andrew, for showing us that. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's a cool song, and um, it's one that I always remember. Excuse me, it's one that I always remember off of this uh, record. So that's number three. Got number two, Taxman, the uh, track one. Cause I'm the Taxman. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm the Taxman. Taxman. Again, some cool. That's a great song. It, it's definitely a, gro- a grooving track, as they would say, and. Uh, <laughs> It's got great backing vocals on it. Um, and the lick, the guitar lick and the bass part, actually, yeah. them kind of doing their like this kind of playful lick. And um, it's definitely still in that the pop side of like the Beatles. But it's cool because it's you can definitely hear still an evolution of like how they're playing. And um, the lyrical content's kind of interesting, too. I, th- I was reading that. Well, George Harrison was always a little more angry, and it's like he used songs to vent his frustrations more like Agreed, yeah. along the lines of punk rock, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think they quite literally wrote this song about <laughs> uh, the government and, and taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Rich people problems. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was. It's a, it's a cool little fun track. And... Um, uh, another one that I really like to put on every now and then, and um, this is a good one. Tis a good one, but my favorite track, of course, from Revolver is Eleanor Rigby. Um, How couldn't it be? It's almost not fair that this song right? is part of an album. It, it has this story. It has these characters. Really, Beatles kind of getting to the con- like a concept, you know, kind of song, and and um, you know, most of their songs have had a lot of subjects of, you know, like love and, and heartbreak and whatnot, you know, this is kind of a, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a kind of a, a universal song, but also quite a, a lonesome song. And especially with some of the lyrical content that they, they talk about that. Um, but the, the string arrangements on it, 
um, are amazing and um, it, it definitely heightens the Beatles, you know, as far as musicianship and the way they're composing music. Uh, it, it is definitely one of the songs that really um, is a turning point and kind of change for the Beatles moving forward after this. So, um, yeah, definitely the highlight song of, of Revolver. Yeah. And very, and very right. visual, a lot of imagery in the, in the lyrics. And that's what I, th- I think I, uh, gra- I gravitate towards that song more, uh, listening it, yeah. listening to it and, and playing the, you know, the scenes in your head. Um, and for yeah, s- it's beautiful. I mean, it really is kind of a, uh, companion piece to yesterday. Ooh, yeah, that's actually, oh, that's dude. the way I think of it. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe, what are very nice list. So I'm guessing your number one is Eleanor Rigby here. <laughs> it, it has to be. It's, it, it bums me out that it's on this record because I feel like it should be a single and not part of the, at all. Yeah. The album. Cause there's so many good songs on this record. Mm-hmm. Obviously they're all really good, but Eleanor Rigby is just on another level. I love that. Um, so yeah, it's number one, number two, uh, good day, sunshine. Oh, I love this song. Yes. Uh, with the drum. <laughs> Good day, son. It's just a happy song. You, you, you play it with the windows rolled down on your car. As you're driving on the freeway. Sun's coming up. It's stretching. Fucking, yeah, man. It's awesome. Um, I love that song. It's just a happy, feel-good song. The, the, the kind only Paul fucking McCartney can write. Um, same. Uh Number three, my top three are filled with McCartney. Um, got to get you into my life. Ooh. Got to get you into my life. Na, na, da, 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 yeah. da. You know, and he uses, again, different instrumentation that we're used to hearing on a Beatles record. Um, and fun fact, this song is not about love or a girl. It's about his love for weed. <laughs> um, he needs to get weed into his life. 420. So, 420. <laughs> Paul, Paul McCartney's 420 friendly. Um, that should be a, so, that should be yeah, a hashtag. <laughs> <fantastic>. <laughs> um, yeah, hashtag 420 friendly. Um, all right. So number four, And Your Bird Can Sing. Ooh, So yes. good. Um, <clears throat> super good song. Just a good straight up kind of rock, pop, sing along <laughs> It's wonderful. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> and then number five, I want to tell you. Yeah. Because, yeah, I want to tell you. It's so yeah. weird, but like, there's just some, some weird thing going on in my head where I'm like. It, it, it grabs, it hooks in. It hooks it in. It really does. Yes. So I like it. Very good. Um, yeah. I had a fun fact about, I forgot to, to mention this with, um, I believe I want to tell you they, um, this was one of the first, uh, I think it's with this song. And I think there's another song on the record. Um, they use a, a Leslie speaker from a Hammond organ, um, Ooh. to create some of the vocal effects, um, that, you know, Lennon was doing on the track and, um, it's pretty cool to like think of, um, you know, doing recordings for, you know, myself personally, a lot of this stuff is digital and on computers and we can click and choose whatever, you know, sound we want, you know, if anything, or shape the sounds we can on our computer. And it's, uh, it's crazy to, you know, see these, like, you know, read about some of these songs and how they're created and how they were put together. And 
this you know the new direction that the Beatles are going as far as like taking their music and experimenting and trying different things again still in, within this like as far as a you know not even a, a decades worth of so, you know songs it's it's quite incredible barely eight years or whatever to, it was. yeah to see that that drastic change and and the you know the choices that they're making with their recordings and stuff so it's it's really cool and i i remember reading about that and i um i've been able to use a leslie speaker in the past and um i always nice. attach myself to like the beatles and like you know when i hear that sound you know i always think of and now that listening to this record again um hearing those you know those techniques being used um, you know, if I need to show someone how to, you know, where to get that sound or how to achieve that sound, you know, listen to Revolver and uh, right really on. dive into the techniques. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that was good. I like Revolver. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Next week, we'll be talking about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Yes. Band. So you want to you tune into that imaginary audience. Um, that kind of winds down the show a bit. Shawnee, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience this week? Uh, nothing too crazy. I, I guess <laughs> I, uh, if any movie pass holders out there, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've said on the show a couple of times that I, I've tried movie pass and I think it was a great service for, for now. Uh, <laughs> but apparently for a time, yeah, I was like, Oh man, I was kind of bummed cause I wanted to go see infinity war again. And then they rolled out like their new policy and you can only see like four movies a month. And, uh, yeah. And then you can only watch like the, whatever movie once and not multiple for multiple viewings. And, uh, I could see the reasons why. And, you know, the, I was trying to figure out how their business model would work with how they are selling so many <laughs> tickets without making too much profit. So I see why they make the changes, but man, it came on infinity war weekend. So uh, I'm definitely not going to make that stop me from going to see Infinity War again. Um, but uh, fair warning for any of you people signing up for Movie Pass in the future. And this is nothing against that company or whatnot. Um, it's just my... It's a huge thing against that company. <laughs> Fuck that company. <laughs> it is just my observations using the, the uh, service. And um, yeah, man. I- if anything, uh, I'm excited to go out and watch more movies um what's the next movie we have you're gonna go see deadpool 2 joe yeah i'll see deadpool 2 and then we have um, solo i think we've got two yeah solos coming as well so we'll have to, i was just oh man i'm tired i just you know, yeah <laughs> i guess we'll have so to tired. give our two cents on those movies uh but we, we will we will but um i i really can't wait to see it i just want to see it again dude and i can't wait to like talk about it again on the show and um i know we're going back i'm I'm rolling back to infinity war but it's definitely uh don't do it man we've done a couple marvel you know kind of discussions and i feel like we're always talking about uh the mcu and and different you know our experiences with films and pop culture whatnot so uh it's cool that we can still get to talk about it and um i'm excited to podcast some more on the matter <laughs> same same we might need to take a little mcu break after this week though. oh heck yeah um very nice um cool yeah yeah you um and then real quick shameless plug um i had an article um published on batmanonfilm.com this morning um 
it's about the first cinematic shared universe, the Viewisk universe, Kevin Smith's uh, indie six-part series. Not really six-part series, but, you know, they are interconnected. Um, so go over there and, and check it out. You can also get to it from my website, which I'll mention in just a hot second here. But before I mention it, Jonathan, where can we find more of your work on the internet this yeah. week? Yeah. Sir. Check out the article from my, from my boy, Joy Parati. <laughs> um, no, you guys... <laughs> Segwaying back into the plug. Uh, <laughs> um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Shonday Music and on my website, shondaymusic.net. Joe, where can we find that Fantastic. article of yours and the rest of your work? You can find that article on batmanonfilm.com. You can also check it out on my website, joeyprottyscripts.com. Uh, you can try to add me on Instagram at joeyprotty, but it is private and I probably won't add you because I don't feel like it ever, um, ever, forever, ever, forever, forever. ever. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, you can also check out the show at Top Five Pod. That's T O P F I V E Five P O D. That's at Gmail dot com, um, on Instagram, on Twitter, and then you can also check us out on Facebook, Top Five Podcast. Um, Feel free to leave us comments, email us lists that you would like to hear because we're open to suggestions. We're running out of ideas fast, ladies and gentlemen. Fast. And um, send them in. So we would love we would love the engagement. Um, yeah. Heck yeah. You think of anything else? I think, uh, I think we're all. We should do a five down. We should do a poll again. Maybe some sort of uh, poll to engage our audience. And uh, we could do a poll. Do you want to use my poll? <laughs> No, no polls uh, about Infinity War, I guess. So we'll, we'll probably avoid the. Uh, oh, just we so we don't get any. <laughs> <laughs> we will do it. Uh, <laughs> we might do it. Um, but yes, so there, there we go. There we go. Jonathan, it's been a pleasure, my friend. As always, I'm glad that you turned 29. It's wonderful. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You joined us, us other 29 year olds. Um, <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Joe Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.